This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey Turkaholics, welcome back to Football a la Turka for match day 25 of the 2019-2020 Super League. My name is Kaan Bayazet and joining me at our virtual table of conversation uh, is the man of the law, Burak Sizgin, who returns from his absence, our very own Chicago Bull, Uzer Dinger, who also returns from his absence, and of course, Jakub Marofolo to uh, enlighten us with the latest uh, Las News uh, <laughs> The latest news in uh, the Trabzon uh, world of football. I whatever. I'm rambling. Anyway, Umut isn't here. He uh, has a he has an exam on uh, Wednesday, so he isn't joining us. But uh, you'll have to do with uh, the four of us then, which is balanced. Not to Galatasaray fans for once. A Barak. Well, you know, uh, it's it's good to be back, and yeah, no one likes having two Galatasaray fans on a podcast. Come on. Yeah, we can barely stand one, let alone two. Well, I think it's just a, it's a fair representation of the popularity of the clubs. You know, to have two on the table is always, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's true, it's true. Bandwagons tend to uh, attract a lot of uh, people. <laughs> flies. <laughs> or a pile of shit attracts a lot of flies. Okay, uh, that's... Uh, hey! Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's going a little bit too far. We're going to lose listeners. If you <laughs> yes, we, this we are, we are. Maybe I should bleep myself. Um, yeah, uh, how, how have you guys been? You've been gone for a week. Uh, you weren't on last week. How have, are the two of you doing? Um, I'll let Ozar go first. Well, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm currently, um, I'm actually working from home today because we've been recommended to self-isolate for a week mm. to try to stop the spread of coronavirus. Which is which is a bit ridiculous, but we they've even so travel to the office is banned. Travel between offices is banned. So I'm sitting pretty with my feet up, uh, watching the world go by, or maybe watching the world burn. It's probably the right way to put it. <laughs> what What about you, Burak? Are you sitting at home for the coronavirus? Well, I'm at home, but I was in Prague last week after they had announced three cases of coronavirus. So I thought, why not jump on a plane to one of the beautiful cities of Eastern Europe, smoke a lot of shisha, um, walk around lots of touristy areas such as the St. Charles Bridge and the Prague Castle, eat lots of food, shake everyone's hand to say hello, to try and buck the trend of this ridiculous hysteria that seems to be going around. And I just made sure that I had some hand sanitizer on me at all times, and I just continue with my regular routine of washing my hands as every normal human human being should do and, so, and, and apparently as as the entire population of turkey is doing too since no official cases yet um in in indeed believe that if you will <laughs> what about you uh, Jakub? how's rotterdam doing as the epidemic uh, hit there yet 
I mean, you know, the Dutch are the way they are. They uh, supposedly don't wash their hands at all, which I tend to agree with. And, um, you know, I, I went to the supermarket today and it was so unbelievably busy. And people are, you know, buying all the stuff like uh, like flour, um, salts, um, just in case they might be... Just, just in case they might be uh, stuck at home so they can make bread and stuff. I think it's... Um, it's 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 way too uh, way too panicky by everyone, but you know what am I to say? Yeah, it almost seems that uh, the black pig plague is making its return. What about Belgium, Carl? What what's uh, the deal there? Are people stockpiling hand sanitizer I, and tampons? I don't think so, actually. No, I I don't think so. Kim went to the supermarket today. She didn't make any mention of it. Of course, she works in uh, in a hospital, so uh, in, in in the lab even. So they're doing like the the, the coronavirus tests to check if the samples, uh, if the patients have any coronavirus. But uh, they they had a memo sent around that they are not allowed to communicate to the outside world. So uh, I'm not going to spill the beans <laughs> on, oh, wow. on the details there. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, I, I oh, have wow. a feeling that the hysteria in Belgium is is still uh, relatively okay. That there's I don't know. I, I haven't had the sense that people are going crazy, but I, you know, I, I do come outside every day, but I, I don't communicate much with randoms. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't shake their hand as well, just randomly, hand, yeah. like kick, I was doing. Just kick them. Kick them. Yeah. Well, the only the, the only place of, of of social uh, socializing I I come on a daily basis is a. Uh, my kids' school, so I'm definitely not going to touch anyone there. <laughs> Safety first. Safety yeah. first. Safety first. Well said. <laughs> anyway, before we get to uh, the, the meat and potatoes of the podcast, I want to throw to a little segment of uh, an interview I did earlier with uh, uh, Danish football journalist uh, Niklas Dehn about uh, Pashakshir's upcoming fixture in the Europa League. So what you're about to listen to is a sample of uh, some of our football Autorka VIP content. If you subscribe on patreon.com slash fault for just $3 a month, you'll have access to uh, exclusive VIP audio feed that you can add. Uh, everyone uh, who subscribes on Patreon will get a unique uh, RSS feed, which uh, they can then enter in their favorite podcast apps. Uh, not not Spotify or anything. It just works in like actual podcast apps, but you can put the RSS feed in there, and then uh, you uh, basically get a, a new Football Autorica VIP feed where all the exclusive bonus content will uh, will appear on. I spoke to Danish football journalist Nicholas Dane about Basakshir's European opponents, FC Copenhagen. Denmark, you know, you know Galatasaray, you know Fenerbahce, you know Basic Chesh. In in Denmark, a lot of people focus on Basakshir's lack of European results, and uh, the opposite at uh, FC Copenhagen's part. They have been performing pretty good in Europe, and they also uh, always uh, perform good in Europe uh, with no regards to how they're performing in the league. Who are their key players? Victor Fischer. He was a very big prospect at Ajax. He's back at Denmark. He's 25. He's uh, All in all, he's been performing really, really good. He, he's sort of the player that um, if you... Uh, if if he says when he's at his best, he is way too good for the for the Danish Superliga. Now you're absolutely right in pointing out Damendoy because he's been just terrific while 
coming back to FC Copenhagen. What impact does the coronavirus have? The game in Copenhagen on the 19th would, would be without spectators anyway due to the coronavirus. His thoughts on the tie? All in all, I, I expect two uh, very, very even matches. And even his take on the title race in the Turkish Super League? It's, it's difficult to say. I, I really had Galatasaray as the favorite, even though it's so so close. But I think I have to take uh, take that up for a thought after the, the results uh, yesterday. For more great exclusive content just like this, head over to patreon.com slash fault and become an official Turkaholic today for just $3 a month. Yeah, so that was it. Uh, do consider joining us on Patreon, uh, $3 a month, and we will be producing more content like this uh, every month to give you bang for your buck. So if you like that kind of stuff, additional content on top of the weekly free podcast we already do, then please head over to patreon.com slash fault and uh, yeah, pledge your support to the show. Okay, guys, let's uh, get started on uh, the Turkish Super League match day 25 then. No uh, European results to talk about, no Cup results to talk about yet. I believe we spoke about that last week, uh, especially the European results. Maybe quickly mention, I think we spoke about uh, the Fenerbahce um, Trabzonspor Cup match, but I don't think we made mention of the Alanya Spor, Antalya Spor match, uh, which Alanya Spor won 1 0 away in the last minute, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. Just gonna throw that out there. But let's get started with the, with the Super League, and as we just just like we did last week, uh, we'll start at the top of the table. So that means right now we'll start with Gustepe Başakşehir here because Başakşehir here are uh, the league leaders, of course. As a, uh, going into this match day, as Trabzonspor still has a match in hand, uh, they had one point less. So did Sivasspor and Galatasaray, who faced off this weekend. So Başakşehir went into the weekend as uh, the league leaders, and they continue to be the, the league leaders because they obviously won away at Gustepe. Um, uh, maybe a little bit of a misleading scoreline, nil to three. A spectacular Dembaba goal, a fantastic Dembaba performance. He scores a really good half volley, and uh, he gets two assists to to boot. Um, he's really come into his own, and, and I did not expect him to come back as strongly at 35, following a, a career-threatening leg break. Uh, just uh, what is it? Two years ago or so, or tr- maybe it's already three years ago. But I mean, when you're at, when you're 32 or something like that, and you're suffering that kind of an injury, people don't really expect you to come back, at least not at a, at a high level. And it took him a while, but this season, since he uh, came into the si- into the side, he's really been, uh, yeah, fantastic for Bashakshi here. What do you guys uh, make of Dembabas? He- uh, rise of the Ashes. He, he he looked really impressive. He apart from his absolute worldy of a goal, he had a couple of chances uh, to to score to add to his score sheet as well. He was re- he looked really complete. He looked like a twenty five year old against Gustafa. Strong, powerful, even had pace, um, and he had the confidence to to come up with a, with a goal like that. Age thirty five is is really impressive. Although I. Did you notice that when he scored, he he didn't really celebrate? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. we talked about this a month ago when he scored against Besiktas and he didn't celebrate. Yeah. And I said in the pod, I wonder if he scores against Gustav, will he react in the same way? And sure enough, he didn't let me down. So in more ways than one, he's been consistent. Is very, I expected very him to celebrate, indeed. to be fair. <laughs> so uh, kudos, kudos to him, you know? Yeah. He puts in a great performance. 
But he doesn't celebrate against his old team, I think, you know. After a guy like that as well, I'd be celebrating. Yeah, mm. I know, right? Exactly, <laughs> that's the thing. If it was a tap-in, maybe, you know. You know. Yeah. But, you know, he scored, like I said, great technique for someone that age. Um, but he's he's getting lots of good service as well, so he doesn't really have to do loads of running in behind. Um, he can hold up the ball a little bit, yeah, but he just he knows where to go. And when you've got someone like Visca, who's going to be putting the balls into you, someone like Irfan Jan, who can pick you out with a pass, even Alexic as well. Um, not not so much probably Mohamed Tegdemir, but even someone like playing or someone like Crivelli, who he can maybe have a quick one-two off. He's always going to be getting the ball because there there's quality around him to, to feed him and supply him. So it doesn't surprise me that he's, he's scoring goals. Um, but it's good to see... Good to see him playing well. He's always been you know, a, a good also, quality striker. He he also gave the assist, I think, for the third goal, which was a brilliant move second two. from Mets. Oh, oh, second two. So the third goal was impressive because it was just two pass goals. So Mets throws it into Dembaba, and then Dembaba runs with it a little bit, gives a great pass to Irfan Jan, and Irfan Jan gives, gives a classy finish to make it 3-0. So he's kind of he's involved in all elements of the game. So I agree with Barak, but it's not just his goal scoring. It's hold-up play, his assist positioning everything really Alkan Baruk is really using him perfectly in his in his Pashakshay system yeah and uh, something I was always a little hmm, disappointed is a big word but when he was at Besiktas I always felt like he's a decent target man but I felt like he was sometimes struggling a lot against stronger defenders uh, tall strong defenders and he seems to be playing a little bit further off from from the from the the defenders and just Picking those balls, passing it through quickly, um, and and he's yeah he's just being a perfect pivot for the rest of the team to play off. And it doesn't surprise me that uh, Crivelli has moved more out wide now because Dembaba is just doing such a fantastic job at that right now. And uh, I think he's a large part of why Bashakir are playing as well as they 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 have been. And uh, maybe it's no surprise that the only match that they've lost um, so far in the league um, in 2020 against Fenerbahce is a match where he was suspended and wasn't part of, uh, wasn't part of the match, obviously. I don't think it's a coincidence. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on what, what's what's going to happen against uh, Trabzonspor, what's going to happen against Galtzrei when he's able to play. Is he going to be able to uh, put his mark on those matches too? Um, apart from that, you know, straightforward win, you would think, but good step ahead there, fair ch- uh, share of chances, just uh, couldn't get it past Mert, and uh, at the end of the day, 3-0, maybe a little bit of an exaggerated scoreline, but still a deserved win for Bashakshi here, who were uh, really good, but they do lose Epurianu uh, to a red card, he got a yellow card, but then he also got a, a direct red towards the end of the, well, in the second half, uh, after last man fall, so he will be suspended for, I believe, just one match. I believe a, a straight red for a last man fall is just a one match suspension, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it's the Turkish Super League. You never know what suspension you're going to get. Let's just <laughs> let's just wait and see what they decide. Yeah, maybe they give him five games. Could be. I Shout out. Coming with the with the with the camera and Jerome. Then, because he was well, all over it beyond in this game. He was he was definitely superior in that battle. Well, I was just coming in. Our, our boy Cameron Jerome had uh, two shots, but both off target. 
So he he did he did win four out of his seven aerial duels though. So got to give it to Cameron. He's enjoying life by the beach. I, th- I think his contract's up at the end of this summer. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the championship somewhere. Yeah. Uh, midweek, of course, Bashakshir host. Um our friends of Dan- of Denmark FC Copenhagen midweek as i spoke uh, with uh, Nicholas about that of course go vip go to patreon listen to that full 35 minute interview we have a little sample up as well on on twitter with a little bit of music but obviously the sample you heard earlier had no music uh, to keep it streamlined with the show um but then this weekend Trabzonspor away without Epriano that could be a blow to uh, to Bashakshir there, so yeah, don't underestimate that. I think that Martin Skrtel has struggled to stay in the team. Uh, no coincidence that Epriano has been there for years. Uh, just took his spot again. He had some injuries in the last couple of years that kept him out, but when he's fit, he's still their best central defender. I feel, and uh, they will definitely miss him in Trabzon this weekend. But uh, let's head over then to Trabzonspor. They were, of course, in second position alongside Galatasaray and Sivaspor with a match in Hanto. And they were away at Gaziantep. And this is the first match where we do have quite a bit of controversy. Uh, The match ended 1-1 at full time, but Trabzonspor scored a goal in the second minute of stoppage time to make it 2-1. But the goal was disallowed for a fall in the build-up. And uh, a lot of controversy around that because... It was one of those positions where, personally, I feel, yes, maybe it's a fall, but it's not clear. It's one of those things where you need to watch it way too many times to even... And and, and even after watching it a lot, I don't feel like you... I don't feel like it's a clear error, and the... What we've been told with VAR is that VAR can only interject, can only intervene when there is a clear error that the referee missed. And Burak, do you feel, as man of law, did you feel like that was a clear enough error to disallow a goal? It was also quite far up the pitch. I feel like uh, Trabzonspor were quite hard done by uh, that disallowed goal. I think they were hard done by. It is... One of those fouls that, if it happened on the ground, you would expect that to be given as, as a foul because of the, the follow-through. So if it was a sliding tackle, you get the ball, then you take the guy's foot and you bring him down, that gets given uh, as a foul. So I don't see why it shouldn't apply to when you're challenging for a ball in the air uh, with your your foot. So it was Abdul Qadir Umur. He gets the ball with his... his it was it is with his studs, and then the follow through catches the guy, the Gazantep um, football club chap on the the foot, and he goes down, and it's 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 going to use a classic term as it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, it can go either way, and I think it's very hard to choose what call you want to do I think it's really down to the in- interpretation of yeah. the referee the fact it happened in the 92nd minute and it cancelled out a winning goal makes it even worse mm-hmm. if it if it happened at, you know nil nil or you know 1-1 it was like the 30th minute 40th minute it wouldn't feel as bad but the the manner in which it was cancelled out is now, Jakob probably knows how I feel when the 
Vedak goal was cancelled out for a supposed foul on Urjan, uh, which was a ghost foul, in my opinion. But I do feel it was um, a a tough uh, decision. And like you say, it's but the VAR, you know, I'm, if I'm reading verbatim now from the EFAB book, it says the referee may be assisted by a video assistant referee, open brackets, VAR, close brackets, only in the event of a clear and obvious error or serious missed incident mm-hmm. in relation to goal, no goal. And this was in relation to a goal. So was it a serious missed incident or was it a clear and obvious error? Who'd, who would be a referee, especially in a Turkish league? I'm guessing that they've probably put that down to a serious missed incident in relation to a goal, and that's why they have chosen to disallow it. But hard done by, but at the end of the day, uh, Trabzon have had those decisions go for them previously in the league. I, I can mention three that happened against Van Arabacha, so maybe it's their time. It's you know their time now to eat a bit of shit. So, unfortunately, that's what's happened. And that's by taking it. It's a harsh decision, but by the letter of the law and interpretation, I would have given a foul. Jakub, what do you, what do you have to say about uh, this incident? It, it was weird. It was weird because there was a point where the referee, um, you know, it, he, he had his five minutes of, uh, of, of deliberating and he uh-huh. went to the screen and he looked at everything and stuff. And then when he decided, uh, when 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 he made a decision, he first pointed as if it was a goal. So you can see Guillerme, um, you know, being all happy that we scored. Then in a split, uh, then like a split second later, he he decides no, it isn't a goal. And then you see um, Guven, I think, was the keeper. You Gunai. see him. Gunai Gunai. Uh, you see him. You see him celebrating. So I thought. In my opinion, I don't think that he even knows what he did, because um, in yeah, my I was opinion, I was confused. He, I felt like he was pointing to the spot, to the middle, uh, you know, for you for know, a goal. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. Yeah, so I I it, I honestly think that he just uh, he had a brain fart, and after he made a decision, he was like, "Well, I guess I just have to do this now because you know I can't um, go back on my decision." Uh, especially in front of the away crowd, but it was it was just you know it you know even though even though we played horribly, in my opinion our midfield was horrible. Um, Sosa has been on a downward downward spiral for a while now. Um, Gaziantep uh, did, did a good thing by uh, limiting how much Sirlot got on the ball. Um, you know they 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 had a they had a good game plan and they uh, they executed well. But still, you know, when, when, when stuff like this happens, especially um, like in the 80th minute, there was a position where um, in the box, uh, the ball gets crossed to Vakaeme. Vakaeme mm-hmm. uh, gets it with his foot uh, to, to, pull it, to pull it in front of him. And then you have a player from Gaziantep hit his foot. You know, the, pr- pretty much the same exact situation uh, in the 80th minute. And he didn't give a foul. He didn't do anything. He just... He just Kept the kept the game playing. Yeah, he was talking with VAR uh, on that incident. There was a VAR was looking at it because there was a brief communication. I mean, if, in my opinion, if you give if you give a foul for the Abdelkader position, um, mm-hmm. then this position with Jiloboji and uh, and Hakim is also a foul. Um, I didn't I didn't think 
that uh, the Abdul Qadir position was a foul. By the way, uh, he just gets the he, he just gets the ball, and uh, you know I, I I just think that it was a bullshit decision by the ref. <clears throat> Unfortunately, in this day and age, um, pretty much all the all the all the mistakes that the referee make are just being uh, magnified in the press, um, in, in in social media. And you have a whole shit show going on at the moment between uh, Trabzonspor and the uh, Merkez Hakim Kurulu Bashkana. So you know that's nice. I guess uh, this <laughs> season we 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 don't have like a single day without controversy. Either it's either Fenerbahce, either us, or or any any other big team. Um, just you know, it's 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 become so annoying, and um, I, I I really can't wait for the season to end. To be honest. Uzra, did you think it was a foul in the first instance? No, not at all. I was absolutely shocked that it even went to VAR. And then when the goal was disallowed, I, I really thought Trabzon had been robbed, to be mm. honest. Mm. Really. I, I Personally, I don't really think there was that much. But the the main issue here for me is what, what Burak said, you know, that there can only be... uh have a bit of a background noise there, I think. Um that there can only be an interjection from VAR if there's a clear error, and I just feel like that that is never a clear and obvious error by the referee. So VAR should not have intervened there. If the ref uh, goes for the fall in the first instance, okay, fine. But it's something where you have to look, you know, ten times to see if there's even proper contact and stuff like that. It's it's not. It's just I, for me, it just doesn't qualify for an obvious error so i feel like despite the fact that Trabzonspor didn't play too well uh they did get robbed in that particular instance there anyway let's uh, move on then to uh the other two teams that are just were just one point behind the league leaders going into this match day and that is of course Sivaspor Galatasaray Sivas were at the top of the table for a long time but they have faltered in recent weeks uh, Galatasaray on the other hand had won all of their matches in 2020 um, in the league at least not in the cup um, but that came to a halt here as they were kept to a 2-2 draw in Sivas and again some con- plenty of controversy here, I would say. Um, first and foremost, Sivaspor started the match really well, really took Galtrai by the throat, took an early lead, and <laughs> I think I said it in the group chat, I, t- I posted it on Twitter, like, now watch Sivaspor lean back like idiots, and that's exactly what they did. Galtrai immediately hit them back uh, through a Nomer Bayram free kick uh, that was sent to the far post, and... Uh, Falcao ended up putting it in the back of the net. 1-1 after just a couple of minutes being in the lead there. And that really seemed to shock Sivas because after that, uh, they were unrecognizable uh, in comparison to the opening couple of minutes where they were just re- all over Galtrai, but now the roles were reversed. Galtrai took charge of the match, uh, took a deserved lead. And then in the second half, Sivaspor got a penalty. Um, I wasn't even sure if it was in the box, to be fair. Uzar, what did you think about that penalty position? I know you weren't too happy about it. Oh, that. man, I, I was. I thought it was absurd, simply absurd. I agree that it wasn't even inside the penalty box, but it wasn't a foul either. Uh, the fact that the ref gave this and gave a penalty, I was just absolutely shocked. I mean, it's not too different, really, from Abdul Qadir's position in terms of minimal contact, guys going for the ball. There's, there's not enough contact to make it a foul there. Um, and... In any case, in any case, even if it, even if it was a foul, and even if it was in the penalty box, 
the referee already dismissed it and waved play on. So under what circumstances did VAR get into play here? Only for only if, only if there's a serious error, is that right? So I don't understand why the referee was even called in to, to, to review the position again. Yeah, I think they misinterpreted the rules. It's only when it's obvious that the referee missed right. a clear exactly. call. You know? Exactly. So not Whereas something the that's referee sub- actually like, saw the position yeah. and waved play on. So the, the, there's a misapplication of the rules here. So if Galatasaray were being salty bitches, they'll be well within their rights to apply to the TFF on one of those rule regulation things. But I, you know, no, no, it's a referee uh, error. That's uh, not the same thing. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, well, it's it's the VAR, it's a VAR error, isn't it? Because the yeah, VAR shouldn't have come it's into not, play. It's not a, it's it's a, it's not a rules violation. Well, I don't know. No, I think build a strong case. No, a rules, I'm not saying a rules should, violation but... is something that is not up for interpretation whatsoever, where a rule was misapplied. Um, you know, here, whether it's a clear fall or not, at the end of the day. No, no, I'm not saying a... about the fall. I'm saying about I'm saying about the fact that the referee was even allowed to to look at VAR having wave play on. But yeah, you know, anyway, I don't want to get bogged down because this happened in the 55th minute. So there was still plenty of time for, for Jim Bomb to, to come back from this. Um, and even before that, Faguli had a few good chances to make it to make it 3-1. Uh, there was a position where he cut back a little bit too late. Farcao was free. And it was just really frustrating because, like you said, Gala really deserved to go ahead 2-1. And there were chances to kill the game off, but it just, just couldn't finish them. Um, and I think we actually played pretty well, despite despite the fact that we dropped points. Um Terim after the game was was really visibly annoyed to have dropped two points here because this is a critical game for both of us. And okay, we played well, but we really didn't deserve to come away from this uh, without without the two points. Um, I thought the pitch was awful as well. I know Sivas is famed for its cold weather and brutal weather yeah. at this time of year, but really, it's a, for a brand new stadium, they should have provisions for that kind of thing. And I think the pitch really wiped out the effectiveness of Onyokuru, who didn't really play any part in the game was too slow, uh, couldn't really find the space to run. Um, yeah, the pitch was in a pretty, pretty bad shape. But, I'm not know, sure how we, much you can prepare for that, though, when, when the yeah, weather is that harsh. Well, I guess so. I just wonder if maybe Onyukuru could have could have been subbed off a little bit, could have been subbed off at some point sooner. And I thought the decision to take off Lamina with 50 minutes to go was a bizarre as well from Terim. Um, but, you know, for one of what has now become one of the toughest away fixtures in the league, I think, in in front of twenty thousand fans, it was a really bouncing for ninety minutes. I think it's not a terrible result, but in the context of the league, when you when you want eight out of eight to drop two points against uh, title contenders, is a, is a real blow for us because we have tough fixtures coming up. Yeah, plus Trabzonspor um, drop points, so this was ideal for you. Right, right. So so really, this is a great week if you're one of the two Bashakshihir fans. You 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 go ahead in the um, in the league, top of the league. You gone through to the next round. You got a, a tasty draw in the Europa League. Sitting pretty. I mean, I, if there was a positive, I'd say Falcao having scored eight goals and and one assist in his last seven games is on really hot form right now. So hopefully he keeps that up because you um, you put in a good shift for sure. What with with one goal and one assist. And who else was shocked by Marcelo Saracci getting off with yellow? Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> was a bit absurd. It, it was exactly like what happened to him in the fair game. I can't remember who it was. Was it yeah. this week who did that wrestling move on Yeah, him but there he, he got held a little bit, so there was some plausible deniability. The right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess so. There was like plausible deniability there, but here there wasn't. Honestly, I think that tackle really disturbed him because he just thought, this is my chance to get it 
get someone else back for this. Take it out on someone else. It was it, it was really similar to what had happened to him. And it was absurd, again, that the ref did, only gave a yellow card. I think Terry even in the press conference after said, yeah, he should have been given a red card. I guess um, kind of much it was with Dirar, and Dirar was kind of like holding it. his leg. That's it. Yeah, but yeah, here he just shot up like a rocket to kicking at, uh, yeah. at Emre Kielinch. <laughs> and, and even here, oh, was the yellow card was awarded here after communication with VAR. And as we know, VAR cannot make a judgment on yellow cards. So oh man, yeah, only... VAR had a bad game. I don't know what uh, yeah, what was yeah. up there, and uh, for me, that's that's one of the most blatant red cards we haven't seen yeah. given in recent years. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of the the, the Martin Skirtel, uh flying drop kick. <laughs> if, if any of you <laughs> remember that one last season, oh, how can we forget? Yeah, yeah. and then we had some uh, almost headbutts this season, but I kind of feel like there's a, a precedent being set here where. Uh, this season, like this kind of stuff, doesn't seem to happen, and then suddenly you have like three of those instances in in just a couple of weeks' time. You know, first we had Serda with uh, with Pereira, then we had Endaya with uh, I don't even remember who it was with, and now we have this, and we had this with with, with Dirar also. But like I said, with Dirar, there was some plausible deniability because Dirar was kind of holding his leg and stuff. But here, I I, I don't know. He just seemed to <laughs> he seems to be uh, is he Argentinian by any chance? He is right. Uh, Uruguayan, Uruguayan. yeah, same, same hot, uh, flared South American temper. So, um, yeah, this is sick. Yeah, I think uh, Serachi has a red card in him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, that was entertaining for sure, yeah. Uh, Burak, what do you think of the penalty that uh, Sivaspor got? Um, A penalty, and and Seri should have got a second yellow and been sent off. But apparently, that doesn't apply to Galatasaray. The penalty should have been retaken. Because Matt Hakanyandash was about, he was literally on the uh, six-yard yeah. line as the ball went in, and the rules clearly state that if there's encroachment by an attacking player, and the outcome of the penalty kick is a goal, then the penalty is retaken. So that, that penalty should have been retaken. That's one of the worst enforced rules in football across across Europe. Across. Gets enforced against Farabache a lot this season. There was also a, uh, a Galtray player in the box. Try not to do it. Try not to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a shame for Muslera. Once in the blue moon, he saves the bloody penalty, and then it goes in. It goes in, and then the bloody rebound. Yeah, so it was a really but, good save. But, he's he's been having yeah. such a good form lately. Touch wood. But, but, uh, just just to be clear, I mean, at, at the end of the day, this is what the standard of refereeing is these is, and I think it's it's good that there, there shouldn't be uh, a retake if. The, the the encroachment has no impact. If a if a goalkeeper comes off his line too quick and makes a save, then obviously retake. If a goalkeeper comes off his line too quick and the the, the, the penalty is scored, then why would you why would you punish uh, the, the the goal scorer? Why would you punish the you know the other team? I don't really understand that. So. No one understands Khan, but no, no. But I mean, I think they need to amend the rule. They need to make a, an amendment to the encroachment rule, where if the encroachment has a direct impact, like for example, if a defending player uh, comes in the box too quickly and clears the ball or something, then obviously I think a retake is in order. And if 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 uh, or if an attacking player encroaches and scores a rebound, obviously that should ha- that should be retaken. But I think what they're applying in practice in that regard is is fine. Except you know, I mean, with Fenerbahce with those two penalties, of course, 
there's no denying that Alta is off his line too quickly. The only inconsistency then there, you had that Farnal one for Malatyaspor where they didn't apply the same logic, and that's obviously a mistake that, that should not be allowed. If you're going to do it for one team, you have to do it for all the teams. But nah, in regards, to it. But in, in regards to... Uh, guys, please mute, because the background, it's really annoying. Um, but in regards to, to, to when it doesn't have an impact, I think ordering a retake or even an indirect free kick which i saw some shouts for uh that's 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 the bridge too far for me um you know the, the muslera makes a decent save but not good enough because it spills right back into the path of emra and he scores a rebound and you know there's there's no no encroaching player that that impacts uh that that to any extent i mean if you look at the closest uh, impact that you could have. It's the defending Galtzrae player who almost gets to Emmer on time to clear it. And he was in the box too, too early. I'm not sure who it was, but I don't even think Mertaka Nyandash was anywhere near the ball at the time. Anyway, uh, yeah. What did you think of the Sarachi position, Burak? Um, I don't know how that wasn't uh, a straight red card. Um, it, but nothing surprises me about these Turkish refs anymore. And the absolute shit show of a league that we have, like like Jakob, I'm looking forward to it, forward to it ending and getting into the summer because it's just an embarrassment to watch these referees week in week out making such horrendous decisions and showing no consistency. And if I was Speaking to friends, I wouldn't recommend they watch the Turkish League for the quality of the football. I'd recommend that they watch it for the, the theatrics and the. it should be an exercise in how not to referee a football match or how not to run a football league. Um, and that's the only reason I'd recommend that people watch it. Hmm. Like, I listen again, to a lot of podcasts and I feel like in every country they say the same thing about their refs. Uh, I mean, we've seen this in the Premier League even, you know, recently with Harry Maguire just kicking a guy straight in the nuts and, and not even getting a red card. So those types of uh, unfathomable uh, missed red cards happen everywhere, it seems. Um, and, and also other weird decisions. Um, the referees get uh, criticized everywhere and VAR should have helped that to improve it and it seems that uh, in many cases it only brings more controversy because it, the rules aren't defined clearly enough I feel and and yeah with the with the access to the internet everyone's looking up the, the rules themselves and and well this it says this and and but then referees apply it differently or interpret it differently and it, it just causes more confusion and they constantly make changes like the running joke here in Belgium is that nobody understands the hands rule anymore because they've made these amendments and and they've only made it more confusing it feels like yeah uh, Jakub, uh, same question. Penalty and uh, the red card for Sarachi. Oh, the yellow card for Sarachi, I should say. Were those, uh, what did you think of the penalty uh, to begin with? I mean, first of all, I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I normally don't really enjoy watching uh, games from, from, from teams that are not Trabzonspor. But this was a really fun match to watch. Um, you know, I, I think for, for a couple of Galatasaray fans, it was maybe a little bit stressful. But for a neutral fan, it was a really great uh, great game. Um, as for the positions, um, I was watching uh, with a group of guys and everybody, um, like the moment that Sarachi got a yellow, everybody was like, wait, what? You know, 
it, it, it was so weird and it was so clear and it was it was unbelievable that he only got a yellow. Um, he did play a really, really, really good game, by the way. Um, but he, yeah, in my opinion, it should have been a red all day, every day. As for the penalty, that that one, I just didn't, you know, I I didn't know what to think of it. Um, I don't I don't know if it's you know I I haven't seen the foul position really well, but I. It, it really looked to me like it was outside the box, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't even given it wouldn't have even given a penalty for it. But um, if it was a foul, and um, I do have the position um, up here at the moment, and I I don't know, man, it it, it looks so weird. It does look like he clips him, um, City. But where but, does that happen? Because it, it feels like by the end of the the, the phase, like they're two meters out the box. I mean, the moment the moment the Sivasport player um, lands on the lands on the ground, his foot is pretty much exactly on the line. So, okay, then it's a penalty you know, okay. on the so line. If that's, inclu- if that's the rule, the box. Yeah. yeah, if that's the rule, then um, yeah, it should have been a penalty. But I also think, uh, as Burak does, that um, you know, if it if it is a foul, Seri should have gotten gotten a second yellow, and it should have been a red, even mm-hmm. though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it, we it, have the, the, the same exact thing happened uh, in the Besiktas uh, Ankara Guju match where Vida uh, same well not exact same thing because this one was more clear, but Vida um, also makes a, a fall um, on the line uh, which goes toward to a penalty, but he also didn't get a yellow card. You know, I, I why should it be a yellow card for Siri? It's not a. Uh, Malicious fall or anything? I don't know. It's a it's a foul. <laughs> it's a, yeah, but so you, you don't give a yellow, yellow card for every fall, do you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a yellow card offense. Yeah, but again, open to interpretation by the ref. I mean, we not every fall is is worthy of a yellow card. Um, we see. I mean, look at Serdar Aziz. He makes like twenty fouls in a match, and he doesn't <laughs> get a yellow card. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, you know. Um, all in all, you know, it was a really good game. Unfortunate that it, it seems like, you know, we, we, we do have some massive, um, you know, refereeing mistakes every now and then. But it seems like this this weekend was, you know, once again, an outlier that has a couple of, you know, really title, title deciding maybe, mm. uh, you know. And I do think that maybe not the first half of the season, but the second half of the season, when there are big games uh, between the between the top four and uh, between the title candidates, we just should at least have like a, like one referee, um, foreign foreign referee for for the VAR if it's possible, and maybe even you know um, to to direct the game. But I I don't see that happening any days no, because it. It's just impossible, but it's it's getting it's getting really annoying because it's, foreign it's referees seen, are not that easy to instruct. But you know, it it, it seems it's, it's starting to get annoying that every you know I followed a couple uh, follow a couple of teams online and every time that a team um, says that a certain referee is going to ref their game, the comments are filled with oh, okay, I guess we're losing this one. And yeah. I I haven't seen a, 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 you know football fans not complaining about refs in like the last. 26 years right. and I don't think it's ever going to stop but it's <laughs> I think we all yeah. with every every just referee, gonna live with it, every ref that's been around for like it. three seasons plus I think every team has like a negative experience with them yeah and now that they are pundits online you know on on, on, on TV also it's 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 like okay when you're finally 
um, done with the guy when he, when he finally retires, he just goes on TV and keeps keeps doing the stupid shit on TV now. So it's like a double. Maybe thing. we can get um, maybe we can get Marcus Mack back as a foreign ref. Oh, yeah, I thought I, I you meant like on the show on here. <laughs> oh, maybe that too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can, can afford him. <laughs> we'll, need a, we'll need a couple of more Patreons then uh, if we want to <laughs> hire Marcus Mack. I'll see if I can find him on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's let's head over to uh, the next match uh, for uh, number five in the league, Besiktas, who took on Ankaragücü, who are of course still in the relegation zone and who are in desperate need of points after losing uh, last week. Uh, Besiktas uh, coming off of uh, a win last week, uh, and now they uh, continue their winning ways with a 2-1 win over Ankaragücü, but it definitely wasn't easy for them. Uh, Besiktas started really well, grabbed Ankaragücü by the throat, similar to Sivaspor, scored, and basically the same thing happened, where the team... Not as badly as Sivas, obviously, because the, the quality of opponent was less. But uh, Besiktas definitely didn't uh, show the same type of vigor going forward. Not really that serious about uh, finding the second and third goal, I felt like. I think I at some point even uh, tweeted something along the lines of, uh, you're not you're playing like you're 3-0 up, but it was just 1-0. So, you know, you know where players start shooting from anywhere, like the match is already won? You can't do that at 1-0. <laughs> You have to try to uh, actually uh, put a decent attack together and find a find a goal instead of just shooting. Um, obviously, later in the match, uh, somebody just shooting, <coughs> excuse me, worked out. Um, big controversy here too. <coughs> big You've controversy. Got the coronavirus. Here. Yeah, no, I, I just uh, <laughs> corona. Yeah, corona. My corona. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, big controversy here too with uh, with that uh, denied penalty for uh, Sedat Akchai. At first, I was just like, he's just uh, fishing completely 100% for a penalty. He still think that's what he was doing. But Burak pointed out that there was definitely contact with Skaris' uh, right knee. And right the, knee. Yeah, and in the, <clears throat> in the replay, that was uh, quite apparent. So, uh, definitely contact. Definitely uh, could have been a penalty. Um, yeah. What do you think, Burak, man of law? Was it enough to, for a penalty, or was he trying too much to get one? Definitely enough for penalty. He definitely looks like he planted, he planted his leg looking for contact. But we know that players do that, and they're entitled to do that, and play the system, and try and look for contact. But it was a decent amount of contact by, by Karras, who was sliding out with his right knee. I think what worked against Sedat in this case was that he was extremely theatrical. It was as if there was you know, a sniper in, in the top of Vodafone Park who just shot him and he went down and that maybe influenced the ref to give him a, a yellow for simulation, whereas I think it should have been a penalty. But, you know, Ankara Guji, ever since they beat Ferrari and their manager was ordained the new Jurgen Klopp, have, have lost three games in a row. So obviously he was a, a a false prophet. He used up all of his energy on trying to beat Fenad. So fuck him. Uh, was it a clear and obvious error for you? Should VAR have uh, said yes, something? Yes, definitely. Uh, Jakub, what do you think? Was that uh, a clear and obvious error? Should it have been a penalty, or was he just fishing too much? 
I don't know. I don't know. I keep I keep going between it was a penalty and it wasn't a penalty. The more I look like the more I look at it, it, it doesn't look like a penalty. Um, on, on, <laughs> I, for yeah. me, it's the other way around. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the the first time I watched it, I thought, okay, this one is a clear penalty. But um, as Burak said, the the guy is falling over so theatrically. It looks like Burak Yilmaz in 2012, and it's so unbelievable that. <laughs> Probably because the way he falls, uh, a penalty was denied. Um, because in my opinion, it, it kind of looks like he, 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 he seeks out the contact and he, he seems to drop before Karius ex- actually hits him. But, mm. you know, it's it's, it's, it's it's like a gray zone. It's, um, it's neither white, it's neither black. It's so kind of difficult. I think, um, I, I, I say this a lot, <laughs> I think uh, a couple of guys are going to hate me for it, but I think that either choice would be would be okay in my book. If if the ref gave gave a penalty for this, I wouldn't complain about it. If the referee didn't give a penalty, I would say like, okay, maybe because of you know the the way he falls and the way he seeks out contact. Um, yeah. So the yellow I'm, card I'm, I'm was too much, though. I'm sorry. The yellow card was too much, though. When there is contact, mm. unless of course, well, I think if if it Ma- was. If it was very clear that he was already falling and then the contact is made, I think then you can definitely give a yellow. But uh, in hindsight, I, at the time I thought, okay, yellow is fine. But looking back at it with seeing that knee contact, I do definitely think that the yellow was too harsh. Uh, whether you give a penalty or not, that's a different different matter. And uh, even uh, Denis Choban on Marathon uh, afterwards said, um, giving a yellow is more wrong than giving a penalty. But I kind of had the sense that he felt like it wasn't a penalty either. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe he gave the yellow because he thought he was trying to, uh, you know, manip- manipulate him mm-hmm. to give to give a penalty, and maybe that's the reason why he gave the yellow. But you know, it it does look way too soft for a yellow. What do you think, Ozer? Should it have been a penalty? <laughs> um, so, well, I'm just looking at my notes. So the way I often prepare for these for these games is that I I watch the highlights or watch the game and just make a few notes, which I use as a basis for my comments. But in this case, I've just written. Said that yellow card for dive, but Carius makes contact! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And so I'm kind of having a conversation with myself, even in the notes. And I really have to sit on the fence with this one. <laughs> um, I pretty much agree with everything Jakob says. Um, I'm in two minds. I'm really split down the middle. He does make contact, but he's really looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a hesitant, hesitant contact that comes after he's already falling. So if he was a little bit more convincing or if he'd held it his body position a little bit more before the contact came in, it would have been it would have been better, I think. But uh yeah, he's looking for the contact. Hmm. Yeah. Uh I, I also think that his his touch was also working against him because it felt like he was just trying to just make sure he got his foot against that, not caring absolutely not caring where the ball goes, just to get that, that touch and then you know, look for the penalty go down. I think it also worked against him. If if his control would have been better, maybe uh, then then the, the guys would have been uh, more deceiving or whatever. Uh, but it, it feels to me like uh, you guys don't feel that this is a clear error. Then let's uh, start talking about clear errors since we spoke about it so much already. No, I don't think it can be called a clear error. It's it's too unclear, and we all agree that it's kind of sitting on the fence about this a little bit so I think it would be harsh to call it a clear error 
Angrega Judo uh, very uh, responded well to going a goal down. They had their chances. Uh, Dever Urgil, I've, I've, a couple of times already this season, I feel like... I don't know what's wrong with the guy. He feels like he doesn't want to be there. He's like moping around on the pitch. I feel like he tries to get sent off. At, some, at one point he was on a yellow card and then he barges into Jermaine Lenz. Just, I think, uh, all day long yellow card. Should have gotten sent off there. And it just feels like that's not the first time I've seen him do that this season. He seems to be not too happy at Ankeregujo. And uh, I, I don't know what was wrong with him. He seems to have some disciplinary issues. I thought Jamaican guys were supposed to be happy. <laughs> he, he misses his friend who went to Besiktas, his strike yeah. partner. True, true, true. Tyler Boyd, who had a good game. Tyler though. Boyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then obviously Adam Ljajic scoring the 2-0, uh, not too far from, from full-time, a fantastic strike from the edge of the area, uh, celebrates with uh, keep, you know putting his fingers in his ears, uh, uh, a message to the fans, a message to the media, um, Yeah, he's, he's been often criticized this season, one of the, the many uh, scapegoats perhaps, uh, Jakub knows how I feel about that. Uh, I do feel like he gets way too much criticism, way too heavily, since I think when a team at the time as Bishtesh were playing as bad as they were, and I don't feel like you can just single out players when the entire team is, is really uh, failing like that. You can't expect one player, especially that type of a player, to carry the team uh, that, that is playing as badly as they are. Uh but then again, I don't think that it's wise of him to do what he did, uh, even if the criticism is, uh, criticism at times is uh, definitely oh, exaggerated and unfounded. Uh, still, you're just shooting yourself in the foot by doing stuff like that, I feel. And he's going to, unless uh, if he manages to pull off a miracle and, and single-handedly wins the, the derby next week in, in Turk Telecom Arena, I think the fans will forgive him, but otherwise I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, a concert of booze uh, the next home game where he makes his appearance. What did you guys think of his celebration? Yeah, it's a little bit excessive, but the goal was spectacular, so... Yeah, but that's often, you know, a player will score a goal, and that's a great goal, but still, I mean, one goal isn't enough, I think, to act like that. Even though I understand I mean, his frustration, I 100% understand his frustration, yeah. because I, I, I feel like Turkish fans are so toxic, um, and they sometimes seem to forget why they are there at the stadium, you know, to support their team. I mean, it, it it was a nice, nice, nice goal. Um, I do like the celebration. You know, I, I've seen it with uh, with Depay a couple of years back. Um, I think I think last year, um, Coutinho had it when he was at Barcelona, and you know, it it does send a message. I rather have that he does this in, instead of you know, doing doing some dumb dumb stuff. But I do think that you know, as as a player that plays for a big team, uh, you know, Beşiktaş being one of the one of one of the bigger teams in Turkey, the 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 expectations that are on you and uh, that are expected of you from the sports side and from the from the from the board side and whatever, if you if you just don't um, if you don't So I just <laughs> I just looked up. If you don't perform well enough to you know to 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 meet those expectations, you just deserve to be um, 
criticized for it. I know that Turkish fans in general sometimes um, cross a cross a certain line, and I don't know if that really happened with the uh, with with Laic, but um, you know. Yeah, but maybe... when you when you when the criticisms are um, the guy has a, has a high fever and every and people are saying oh he's just faking it not to have to play that's that's the type of criticism that for me that's just that's not okay. Yeah, that's just that's just dumb. I know I know that in the in the end it's. It only works against your team, and yeah, you know, exactly. a lot of people think that they might motivate a player by doing stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it probably does more harm than it does well. It's like booing your goalkeeper. What on earth are you trying to accomplish by doing that? I mean, with Tolga after two years or three years, I understand. <laughs> I understood it, but uh, yeah, no. Carius was already getting booed last season after a couple of months. It's just what? What do you expect? What do you expect a goalkeeper to flourish under those types of situations? And it's not the first time, you know. Um, obviously, Bistich haven't had the biggest luck with goalkeepers, but uh, still. Uh, Burak, you loved the celebration you said. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it was too um, in in the face. It was too distasteful. It was just a, a small reminder, and he let his frustrations out. It's not like a sticking your finger up or taking a shirt off or running off the pitch. It's just a kind of yeah, remember me, bitches, kind of. Um, but th thing. That's fine if you didn't stay after the full time whistle and at least you greet the fans or something. But he, as soon as the full time whistle went, he just ran straight to the dressing room. He didn't stay to uh, to, to to greet the fans or anything. And I just feel like that in combination with the celebration is a, is a, is a big mistake on his part. I mean, fine, the celebration, okay, but at least then at the end of the match, you know, you you had your say. Now just celebrate with the fans because you just that goal did end up giving them the three points and Kagaju would get uh, on the score sheet through a penalty uh, first there was a free kick awarded but a similar situation uh, with uh, uh, the, the Galtrai uh, Sivaspor match where Sivaspor got a penalty similar situation this one was more obvious uh, fall on the line and uh, ultimately Ilham Parlak uh, set up to uh, rob Loris Karius of his clean sheet <laughs> <laughs> and a 2-1 full-time, but Ankeregiju, I think, definitely deserved a point. Uh, good performance from them. Um, but, yeah, obviously they're in a position where they need to start winning games. Um, like Burak said, that's their third loss since they beat Fenerbahce. They, they need to pick up some wins. They didn't have the easiest schedule, unfortunately, for them. And uh, I don't know if that's going to be improving anytime soon for them. I, I, they, they still play Galtrai, they still play Trabzonspor. Um, I think they still play Sivas and Basakshi here too, so they have plenty of difficult matches lined up for them in uh, the last nine competition games. Uh, so after that, let's move over to uh, Fenerbahce then. Let's talk about Fenerbahce because they as well didn't manage to get a win. Uh, they drew 2-2 with Denizli Sport in a match where I think if they play it 10 times, they win it at least 8. Uh, Fener took a really good start to this match. Uh, deserved lead, uh, although Barrow had a good opportunity early, but I still felt like Fener were in control, took a lead, and then they just conceded a dumb penalty, uh, which also results in a second yellow, uh, sending off, and, and, and suddenly the match is turned on its head, Burak. Uh, what, what did you think of, of 
that red card, that penalty, uh, the match in general. It ended 2-2, obviously, with a man down. Fenerbahce still got back into the game after Mustafa uh, Yumlu had put Denizli Spore ahead in the second half. Seder Azi scored a really good header uh, in at a time, right? Yep. Yeah. Second week in a row where that Fenerbahce salvage a 2-2 draw in at a time. But deserved, though, right? I mean, despite the fact going down to a man down, they did show pl- enough character to get back into it, and you saw a lot of anger uh, and, and frustration in the celebration of, of Serdar at the end. But what, what did you think of the penalty? Because that was really the turning point of the match. Um, it was a penalty. It was cold guy. It was... Handles wasn't exactly by his side. It, you can look at it. In the replay, it came out a little bit to to handle it, and the ref was probably you know, justified to giving him a a yellow card. Um, you could say that was accidental, maybe. So why go for a double punishment? But the the ref um, Zorbai Kujic is the the son of uh, Galatasaray entrepreneur, so you would expect us to get him to do that for us. Um, and the annoying thing is that was if Tolga hadn't got sent off, I, I don't think we would have gone on to um, concede as as we did, as we had to make some changes. Um, it was just, um, we conceded just the confidence and the life has been sucked out of the team um, in the last four or five weeks. And this is a team that was playing for the title at the start of the second half of the season, um, beating Barstruxia here. And then uh, a combination of external influences, injuries, and a failure to protect the team and shield them from all the negativity on the outside has come to affect us. Um, I was excited to see Fardy start. I was excited that we had Omar Farouk Bales on the bench. And that then turned to Fardy being taken off and being unjustly criticised by fans and, and Rudvan, and, mm. uh, of course, on TV. This is the first time he started in the first 11 in a league game. And I felt that he's just coming in at such a horrible, toxic time in a team bereft of confidence that it's really hard for him to perform. Um, I would have liked to have seen an appearance by Omar Farouk Bayas um, at one point, but obviously it wasn't the, the time and it wasn't the, the area for him to come in. Um, I'll disallow goal. It's definitely not a foul that it was disallowed for. Um, so big issue with that. That was scored by Serdar Aziz and then Serdar Aziz pops up again to, to score right at the end. So he's a, another saviour for us. Um, but I think the coach, we're keeping him for the next game against Konyaspor and I don't know what we are going to, to do, unfortunately. Yeah, he's um, a yellow card suspended, right? Yeah, the next game against Konya, we've got so many suspensions. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team starts. Um, hopefully we start Faraday again and give him a chance. But the the performance, it was it was controlled. Um, it was nothing exciting, really. Um, not a great deal going on, unfortunately. Um so happy to get a point, but just just unhappy with everything in general. Um, can't wait for the season to end and go on some holidays. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of common uh, misconceptions about the double punishment rule. By the way, um, 
Uh, I initially, you know, that, that that's something that was implemented for not punishing a team twice with a, with a direct red card and a penalty. Uh, that that still only applies under certain circumstances. Like for example, if a player clears the ball off the line with a with a deliberate handball, it's still always going to be a direct red card. If a player deliberately brings down a player in the box to prevent them from a clear goal scoring opportunity, that's still a direct red card. Um, it's only that comes in, in, into play when there's like an accidental uh, and ex- accidental fall. And the best example I can think of is that uh, Andreas Beck red card against uh, Dinamo Kiev in the Champions League, where um, the attacker actually pushes Beck. Beck falls down, and in the resulting uh, fall. <laughs> Uh, fall as he is falling he makes contact again with the attacker and the attacker falls and actually gets a penalty Uh, that's an example i think of where you don't want to double punish even though that was never a penalty to begin with uh, because the attacker falled him first but anyway uh (laughs) getting off track a little bit uh, with the handball and this is what i was told in the beginning of the season uh if you remember um galtry got a penalty against Kayseri Spor, uh, where, where Abdenur, uh, the ball was headed from really close distance against his arm by Ryan Babel, if you remember. And I was like, how on... And he got a second yellow for that. And I, I really didn't understand that because, okay, his, his arm is in a unnatural position, sure. But that was 100% not a deliberate handball, which really confused me. Why would he get sent off then? Uh, and apparently, uh, as part of this new amendment uh, to the rule with the handball rule, uh, if you block a shot that is going towards goal, w- deliberate or undeliberate, it doesn't matter. It always is a penalty and a yellow card. If the bo- arm is in, um, is making your body unnaturally bigger. So obviously, if your arm, if your arm is near the side of your body. And it hits it. That's obviously not not a penalty. Um, but here, I wasn't too sure if if tall guy's arm was really in an actual position. To be quite fair, I mean a penalty, sure. But I think a second yellow was a little bit harsh, given that I don't really know if if I don't know. It's it's difficult. You know, it's still open to interpretation. What is making your body unnaturally bigger? Um, that, that does still feel like something that you need to be doing deliberately, right? But then again, they say intent is not important in that regard. So it's really confusing what they did with the, the handball rule. But uh, it does feel like a double punishment there. And I, I didn't think that Fenerbahce were going to drop points here. Um, Jakub and Uzer, what did you guys think about that penalty position for uh, for, for Denizlispor? Uzer, you first maybe. Oh, pause. I was I was on uh, on mute. I think. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to load it up again, just to, just to watch it again. But I was sure I think, you were going yeah, to say uh, I was on Tinder or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, if this is just my cover story, it might be doing something else. But uh, yeah, I, I feel as though Denizzi were denied it to be honest. But then again, look again the whole context of the game. They had two chances to kill the game off. Um, and, and didn't take them. And in the last second, they they had a chance to win it too, and didn't mm-hmm. take it. So, yeah, again, you know, you can blame the referee and and and, the, and all that kind of thing. But you got to take your own destiny into your own hands. 
and that's but why did you think it was a penalty though the, the one that they got the the one from tall guy did you think it was a right decision to also send off the player oh i see well i think yeah given the new double jeopardy rule that you're talking about i think that was a bit harsh actually what do you think uh, jakub I mean, I didn't. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I didn't really understand why he got a got a red for it. I mean, it wasn't like he he he, he put his arm out. It to, was a second you know. yellow, and uh, blocking a shot towards goal is uh, with your arm, with your hand, is is a yellow card, uh, regardless of intent. But you do have to be making your body unnaturally bigger, and there is kind of where I feel like. His body, his arm wasn't really out or anything. It was still kind of not next to his body, and it wasn't he also kind of like turning. Yeah, it kind of looked like a reflex yeah. of, of, of sorts. You know, he, he as you said, he's. Uh, I don't know. I, I I can see why the ref maybe after looking at VAR um, thought that it might have been an unusual movement. But um, you know, at, at 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 the speed that the ball is kicked at goal, I think that you know, the, uh, before you really react to this, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I think it's a little bit unfair to tall guy, um, mm-hmm. because it it doesn't look like he did it on purpose, to be honest. Uh, let's head over then to the other team that's also still in contention for European football, which is Alanya Sport. They drew 1-1 away at Rize Sport. Uh, Yasin Bamu had opened the scoring here for uh, Alanya Sport, and I kind of felt like he, he looked a little bit like Talishka with his blonde hair. Uh, and then a very nice uh, equalizer from Samudio to pull things level here. I don't think there's too much to uh, spend time on in this game. Uh, Alanya Sport drop points again. Um, they are now on 40 points, same as Fenerbahce Besiktas are on 43. Um, and then, of course, we have three teams um, that are on 49 right now with Trabzonspor, Ala, uh, Sivaspor and Galatasaray. So it looks like Alanya Spor and, and Fenerbahce are going to definitely have their word cut out for them if they still want to finish in the top uh, four, which would guarantee European football. Um, otherwise... They still both have a chance to win the cup, which also obviously would guarantee European football. And otherwise, uh, they're going to miss out on European football probably if they don't end in the top five or four. Um, let's move on then to the relegation dogfight. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, tonight, of course, we had Genshterbili Antalya Sport. They really aren't that much involved in the relegation dogfight anymore. I think many people were expecting a, a solid performance from Antalya Sport, but it was really Genshterbili who. Uh, got more of a chance to win it, so to speak. They were in the lead for a long time until, uh, through a Giovanni Sio uh, goal, by the way, until uh, Lukas Podolski uh, equalized in the final 10 minutes of the match. But Gensterbeli really felt like they were the team that were looking more likely to win. Uh, both teams, obviously, in the belly of the, the ranking. They are fine. They are safe from relegation at the moment. Uh, the teams that really have to worry are, uh, of course, Ankergeju, who we already spoke about, who are still in the relegation zone, um, but also um, the the two bottom teams, Kasim Pasha Kayseri Spor, who actually faced each other. And I think last week we mentioned something like those types of matches usually end in a, in a draw that doesn't really help either side. But this one really didn't. Uh, Kasim Pasha with a really emphatic win, 5-1 at home against Kayseri Spor. And Kayseri Spor had actually looked decent in recent weeks. Um, but yeah, against a direct opponent, apparently uh, it wasn't that easy as it was against teams that don't have that much to play for, perhaps. Uh, yeah, and 5-1 for Kasim Pasha really deserved 
win, I guess. They were 3-0 up already at halftime. Uh, Kayseri Sport managed to score through Bernard Mensah. Really nice goal from the edge of the area in the second half, but uh, not enough to, to get back in the game. They had a penalty shout. Bernard Mensah wasn't too happy about the Turkish state of refereeing uh, after the match, but I don't know if they really had all that much to complain about uh, given their performance here. Um, yeah, just Kayseri Spor not helped, obviously. <laughs> they stay bottom. Kasim Pasha now on level points with Konya Spor. So Konya, uh, yeah, really starting to feel that hot breath of uh, that relegation zone in their next. They are only uh, out of the relegation zone now on uh, goal differential. Uh, Konya, on their turn, they uh, played to a 1-1 draw this week. Um, they played against Malatya Sport. So really the two teams that are arguably in the worst form right now. Um, yeah, and, and, and Konya Sport, their matches have... There's one thing you can say for, for Bülent Korkmaz. I think Konya Sport's matches have become a lot more exciting. There's plenty of uh, goal positions on either side. Uh, and a really peculiar fact here was that uh, Serkan Kirintele got sent off again with a direct red card for handling the ball outside of the again, box. Again, again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did the same thing uh, earlier this season in this in this exact same fixture um, against Malatya Spor, and now he did it again. And Umut was was uh, really livid about it and then, uh, convinced that he did it on purpose because they play Fenerbahce, his his former club, next week. But I think if you look at the position, there's no way that he did that on purpose. It's just yeah, brain fart. I think. I mean, it's really unbelievable how 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 keeper that has. How old is he? He's like 34 or something. Yeah, it must be 34, 35. I think. I think he's from like 1985 or something. I mean, how can you still make you know? Dumbass mistakes like that at that age after being you know after after playing for so many years it you know it it, it does bring up some questions. But was it a dumbass mistake though? Because um, well, obviously what he did initially and and not getting the ball was a dumbass mistake. But I think if he doesn't handle it, then there's an empty net and there's probably a loss in, in store for them. So I I kind of understand at the end of the day maybe with that stupid red card he does save a point for them. I mean, if there also wasn't like a precedent that he did this before, exactly <laughs> in the same game. Before, exactly, before, exactly. Yeah, but that one was much worse. You're giving him too much credit. Yeah, that so one was much, mu too that, much credit. But that one, that 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 one earlier this season was so much worse because that was just him coming out, plucking the ball out of the air, outside of the box. That's that was ridiculous. But this was, I think, a calculated red card. And, you know, given the fact that they ended up getting a point, uh, probably smart. But they should have really done better. They should have gotten three points uh, against the Malatya Sport that have been on the ropes for weeks. Um, but, yeah, they just can't get the job done. The only goal they scored came from a penalty spot. Riyad Bayic scoring for the first time in months. Um, but, uh, yeah, Konya Sport and Malatya Sport, both of them uh, not looking too good. Uh, Konya with this 23 points now. Malatya Sport 25 so uh, Malatya Sport two points above above the relegation zone, and then um, obviously Konya on on level. Still need to mute. Uh, yeah, and uh, let's see what else do we have left. I think we spoke about everything I want to say in terms of matches. Yeah, I think we touched up on all of them. Um, didn't really do a what? match. Uh, did we skip a match? Sorry. 
I don't think so. No, I'm thinking I'm impressed at our efficiency today, actually. Okay, so I uh, quickly want to throw this at you because there, there were a couple of really good goals and, and last week it felt like a little bit of a, like there weren't too many, but there were a couple here that really jumped out to me. Uh, Samudio, Leic, Dembaba, and maybe Mensa. But I also really liked uh, Galtry's second goal. Um, not so much that the goal itself was beautiful, but the organization, the build-up mm-hmm. was very nice. Uh, for me, goal of the week, definitely Dembaba. Well, what do you guys think? I'd say Dembabar as well. Very impressive goal. Yeah, Burak uh, and Jakub, what did you? Which goal did you like most? I don't know. Um, the the Dembabar one was really good. I do also really like um, the Leic one. Um, but you know, the Dembabar one is just it probably is the best one because it's so unbelievable and. And and the way he doesn't celebrate makes it actually more beautiful because it looks like he's like yeah I do this every day, swag <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Burak what uh, what's your pick for the best goal then from all these beauties we've seen this week? He's gone. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> he has some stuff to tend to. Slip, silently slipped away. That's fine. Uh, Jakub, would you mind going over the standings and the fixtures for next week, please? Yes, of course. Um, so, the league table is at, uh, um, currently as follows. Uh, number one, Basak Shea with 52 points. Uh, number two and number three and number four are Trabzonspor, Galstray and Sivaspor all on the same points, 49 points. Um, Trabzonspor has the has, has the game uh, on Wednesday against Malatya, so, so we might um, we might get three points and become shared first. Um, Besiktas is fifth with forty three points. Um, sixth item is Alanya Spor with forty. Um, Fenerbahce is seventh with also forty points. Gustepe is eighth with thirty four points. Gaziantep Football Club is thirty uh, is ninth with thirty two points. Denis Spor and Gençlerbirliği are equal on points, uh, 10th and 11th with 28 points. Antalya Spor has uh, 27 points at uh, and is 12th. Um, 13th and 14th, uh, Yeni Malatya Spor, Çaykurize Spor both on 25 points. Um, the relegation zone is is, is getting a little bit tense. Uh, Konya Spor and Kasımpaşa both have 23 points. Um, at the moment, with goal difference, Kasımpaşa is 16th and in the relegation zone. Um, Ankara Gücü has 20 points and is 17th and bottom of the table. Not that big of a difference in points, to be honest. It's Kayseri Sport with 19 points. All right, thank you. Uh, what about next week's fixtures? Yes, as for next week's fixtures, um, so as I said, Wednesday is the is the game that Trabzon Sport is going to play with, uh, with Malatya Sport. Um, afterwards, um, on Friday, uh, you have two matches. Ankara Gücü against Çaykur Rizespor, Kasım Pasha against Göztepe. Um, Saturday, you have three games. Uh, Yucatel Denizlispor against Gençlerbirliği, Alanya Spor against Gaziantep, um, Konya Spor against Fenerbahçe. On Sunday, you have three games, and uh, two are really, really big games, in my opinion. Uh, Kayseri Spor against Yeni Malatya Spor, uh, Spor against Başakşehir, so the battle for uh, for for leadership in the in, in the league, and then you have Galatasaray at home against Besiktas, which is bound to be a great game. Uh, Monday to end the game week um, is Antalya Sport against Sivasspor. 
Okay, thank you very much. That'll do it for this week, uh, week's edition of Football a la Turca. Please head over to patreon.com slash fault and check out our bonus content that we will be having coming out regularly from now on. For just $3 a month, you will gain access to an additional VIP exclusive feed. Uh, we have an episode up just today previewing Basakshir's European opponents FC Copenhagen. We also speak about uh, the fixture and stuff like that. And obviously that match is coming up already on Thursday and then the return will be a week later so this week on the 12th uh, of March Bashakshir will host Copenhagen and then on the 19th of March the return leg will be played in front of an empty stadium no fans allowed due to the coronavirus and that's also something that uh, Niklas and I spoke about guys thank you very much for joining me thanks to Burak Sesgin of course who bailed out a little early already and thank you very much for listening to Football a la Turca. 